From Outside Magazine, this is the Outside Podcast. About five years ago, the journalist Bonnie Tsui was working on a book about swimming. For her research, she spent time with an accomplished open-water swimmer named Kim Chambers, who was the first woman to swim from the Farallon Islands to the Golden Gate Bridge. That's a 30-mile swim in the very cold Pacific Ocean. To understand some of what Kim had endured, Bonnie joined her for a much shorter swim in the San Francisco Bay, which is also chilly. Bonnie remembers being nervous and marveling at how calm Kim was. A cold January morning, it's drizzling, and it just looks extremely uninviting to get into the water. And I just remember looking at her, and she just was so relaxed. And for me, I had to really gird myself and dive in. And then when I dove in, it was a shock, but it it didn't feel like cold, it felt hot. Bonnie describes feeling what she calls ice fire. That kind of flamed all over my body, and it just sort of went all across the surface of my skin. And then, strangely enough, I didn't feel anything. I mean, I felt totally normal swimming around. And, you know, you have this period, this, like, blessed grace period of, like, it just feels good. Bonnie is a strong swimmer who'd spent years training in pools. She'd also swam in the bay before, though always with a wetsuit. This time, she only wore a swimsuit and goggles. She says the 50-degree water made her feel alive and sharp. She was loving it. It was almost like I passed through some portal, like where I, you know, heat flames, ice flames, like, race across my body, and then I'm just swimming, and then it just felt really great. After 20 minutes, Kim insisted they get out, explaining that because Bonnie wasn't used to the cold water, she'd soon be experiencing early-stage hypothermia. They were at the Dolphin Club, a legendary San Francisco outfit that has this classic boathouse next to the water with hot showers and a sauna. And I just remember walking out of the water onto the beach and feeling just energized. And then we start walking into the club and we walk into the locker room. And before I get to the shower, I remember starting to shiver. She blasted the hot water and stood under it for 10 minutes before she finally stopped shaking. And we go into the sauna, and it really is like the warm heart of this club and this community where you go in and you're chatting and your body is coming back to itself. But it's there's the camaraderie in there, but there's also this wonderful sense of having shared this morning ritual or this collective experience of something pretty awesome. That does sound awesome. Though I've lived in the San Francisco area for most of my life, and I've never been inclined to swim in the bay in winter, even after reading Bonnie's excellent book, Why We Swim. I'm Michael Roberts, and as we move through the dark days of winter, I've been thinking about how hard it can be to get outside in the cold. Heading to a ski area on a bluebird powder day doesn't count. That's easy. I'm talking about venturing into the woods on a nasty, rainy morning, or going for a run in your neighborhood when there's crusty snow on the ground, or, most daring of all, How about submerging yourself in bone-chilling water in one of the coldest places in the country? All of those scenarios might sound terrible to you, but for the brave souls who motivate to get out there, it's when they have their happiest moments. Recently, the Outside In podcast from New Hampshire Public Radio published an episode about a practice known as cold water dipping. To put it together, producer Justine Paradise spent time with a very hearty community of women in Maine. Today, we're delighted to share the piece with you. 
If you like it as much as we do, listen to Outside In. They do a great job. I started my cold water swimming journey actually when I was uh, about six months sober. So it was kind of a new experience for me of uh, living in a way that was that had a lot more information coming to me. There's a lot more clarity in my life. And that shift from kind of a dissociated life to one that was full of lots of new information was a little bit like information overload. And um, one of the ways I used to kind of feel better in my body was to start cold water swimming. The first day I did it, I was like, all right, I'm going to get in the water. It was May, so it was freezing. And I think I got, like, up to my ankles. I was like, that was it. I was like, okay, that was good for today. The next day, I was like, all right, like, at least shins. And then got up to my knees. And then uh, I think it was, like, you know, the third or fourth day. I was like, all right, Hartley, like, get in the water. (laughs) Just at that point, I dove in, and it was just so exhilarating, you know, that experience of um, being a little kid again where you're just like everything in your whole body like comes online all at once and I just remember like getting out of the water like laughing like I hadn't laughed in years and I was like I think there might be something to this so I just kept coming back for it. I started posting about it in Instagram and friends of mine said, oh, we have this other friend that is doing this crazy thing that you're doing. You guys should hang out. And so the community started building from there. <laughs> My name is Caitlin Hopkins. Well, I'm uh, Betsy Lou Dawkins. My name is Pern Jokar. Judith Green Yansa. Kelsey Hartley. I'm a mainer. Who I am? <laughs> I'm who I am. What do I do? I'm a painter at the moment. I have like a few different jobs right now. I am from Bar Harbor, Maine. I moved here in 82. My mother's family comes from here, so I've been coming to Maine my whole life. Part-time make uh, oyster bags for a local oyster farmer. I belong to a group called Cold Tits Warm Hearts. Two Maine Mermaids is a cold water community here in Portland, Maine. I'm 38. I'm 72. An ultra-distance, open-water marathon swimmer, but also a cold-water dipper throughout the whole year here up in Maine. Winter immersion, we call it dipping, is we just we go in in the absolute bracing cold, maybe move the ice aside <laughs> and get in the water and just go up to my neck, and I have a wool hat on, and... Uh, I still just have my bathing suit on. I don't have a suit, neoprene suit on, just gloves and booties. And then just stay in the water as long as you can. It's so weird. If people who would see us, who would walk by, even though it's super early in the morning, it's like women in a hot tub. I mean, some of them had like the towel wrapped around their head, like, you know, like a turban. (laughs) And just, just sitting there and chatting about like their weekend and stuff. I get excited about the thought of, like, slushy ocean, which I didn't even know happened. (laughs) And, you know, the biggest question is, is it cold? 
Like your bet your sweet ass it's cold. <laughs> Before you touch the water, lay a towel out, put your dry towel on top of that towel, and think about, genuinely take a beat to think about, okay, my hands are going to be numb, I can't tie my shoes, I can't zip, and think to yourself, like, what you're going to do when you get out. You want to know where everything is, yeah, you want to make sure that you can get into your car (laughs) as soon as possible. Well, the hardest part for me is the moment you take your warm coat off and you're standing in the, hopefully not a breeze, but many times it is a breeze, and you're freezing. As you hit the water, like first foot into the water, it's that like initial jolt. I know when I step in that water, it's going to be a wonderful uh, shock. A, a jolt of lightning or something probably going through you. <gasps> a lot of the danger in plunging or like when you hear of people like jumping into an ice hole and dying is because they there's a cold shock response and so you're gasping once you hit the cold water and inhaling um, water. I'll see videos of people just like jumping into cold water and my first reaction is like, oh my gosh, don't do that. (laughs) Especially not having the face go in first. And so to counter that and to also like encourage like a super embodied experience, we encourage people to take a nice slow walk in. The slowly walking in, at least in the style that we do it, it's allowing a conversation with the nervous system. Oh, that's cold. Okay. Yep. Getting the toes in. I'm here by choice. This feels good. And then knees. And then from there, the negotiations get a little bit, <laughs> a little bit harder. Tits and pits. That's the, like the hardest part, right? But once you get past that, there's this like really amazing feeling that happens. Once you're up around your shoulders, the body starts to take its blood supply in the muscles and will turn it to the core. And that's your body saving you from dying. But that's where it starts to feel really good. So you'll get this really warm, um, people have called it like blossoming. A blossoming warmth inside of you. And you tend to not experience that if you run in, dunk, and then get back out. There's nowhere else to be. (laughs) There's nowhere else to, nothing else to think about. You're just forced into that present moment of, like, here I am in the cold. It's almost like the heat source turns on in your midline, and... Uh, you almost feel like you're radiating warmth. So your hands and toes will continue to always be freezing. It's not that you're not cold. It's just that there's a new sensation and like a new directionality in your body. So, you know, everything that we're doing in general is processing outward information in. And this shift takes the information that you're very aware of is coming from inside. 
And that's just like a very, very enjoyable experience and pretty novel and very grounding, in my opinion. Because you just feel so alive. It's like the cold water is exhilarating, you know, and it's just, it's like you're super aware. It's almost frightening in that you can keep going like that longer than you should, you know, because at a certain point you don't even notice that you're cold at all. So I really, I, I rely on my watch. If I can't find my watch in the morning, I don't go. We time ourselves in the dead of winter when the water temperature is like maybe 38. You know, I can stay in, I think it's about five minutes. You need to know how long you're in the water. I mean, even though you watch all kinds of, of you know, top-notch people doing these long ice swims and stuff like that, you have to remember who you are and how your body reacts, you know, and what your limits are. We'll be right back. So once that blossoming happens, um, it's time to get warm relatively soon. I think the most dangerous part is when you get out of the water. It's a mad rush to get dressed as fast as you can <laughs> because for one thing your hands don't work very well they become very clumsy you can't zip things so you you have to get whatever clothes you want on on as quick as possible then get a big coat on I mean I copied immediately what I saw Penny had I went home and, and bought some fabric and sewed one for myself it's like a basically a giant pillowcase out of fleece the idea you put over your head and then as soon as you get out of the water and then you take off, because they told me it's important to get the suit off immediately. And then afterward, you know, I get to sit here in front of my fireplace. Oh, it feels so good. And then you take it, you get in the shower and uh, that is absolutely heaven to be in the shower afterward. There are some precautions you have to take because of the change, abrupt changes in your blood pressure and stuff. It's not something you do uh, frivolously. You know, you have to really give it some thought and be careful. And the first times you go, you go with people, hopefully with some people that are knowledgeable. I can tell when I haven't dipped in a few days. Like, I try to go three times a week and if I get beyond three days, it's not nice. <laughs> My capacity to be empathetic and like responsive rather than reactive is so much lower. 1998-1999, we had been trying to have a third child and I had a few miscarriages. And so we kind of said, okay, never mind. We're happy. We have two boys. We're happy. You know, and then, so 2000, I was 40. And then I did an Alcatraz race in 2002, 2003, 2004. And they were amazing. I mean, they were just amazing. And then 2005, <laughs> I got pregnant. So I was 45 at that point. And I, I really do count that up for to cold water swimming. I mean, the feeling I have when I get out of the cold water is just tremendous. 
for myself, I was able to get to the point where I could tolerate it. And then it becomes uh, sort of addictive. And it's like you really, you enjoy that cold. I, uh, I'm a, a, uh, in recovery from alcohol abuse. And uh, it's a real high for me. And that, that's one of the, the beauties of it is, you know, I'm not smoking marijuana or I'm not <laughs> doing drugs. I'm just getting in the cold water and I get this wonderful high. And I do love that. One of the things that when I first started swimming in that kind of early sobriety process, it, it is going to release a little bit of dopamine. It is an incredible mood booster. That's probably a similar physiology to working out or something. This kind of internally resourced capacity to make us feel better. I feel very accomplished after I've done a dip. I feel like the rest of the day is gravy. It does make the cold less scary. It makes the dark less scary. And I think just having this practice and knowing that, going into not to this is my third season doing it, I'm looking forward to the winter and I'm not afraid of the doldrums and I'm not afraid of the cold. Um, and just knowing that feels kind of satisfying. It's not for bragging rights for me. It's just, it's a, I really like being able to do something that, that other people would think would be hard to do. It's just the challenge to me that, you know, can you really go on a day like today? It's, it's pretty nasty outside. And it's like, yeah, I did it. If you now find yourself interested in cold water dipping, Outside In has some smart safety tips in the show notes to this story on their website, outsideinradio.org. This piece was reported, produced, and mixed by Justine Paradise for the Outside In podcast from New Hampshire Public Radio. It was edited by Taylor Quimby, music by Blue Dot Sessions, Kesa, and Auto Hacker. Thanks to Bonnie Tsui for speaking with me for the introduction. Her books include Why We Swim and Sarah and the Big Wave. I'm Michael Roberts, and you're listening to The Outside Podcast. Our show is made possible by our Outside Plus members. Learn more about the many benefits of membership and join us at outsideonline.com slash pod plus.